Welcome everybody to the X5 podcast. We are joined today by a, a, a guy that started playing rock and roll when uh, I was born, I think. <laughs> I was, well, probably but, before. No, no, yeah, definitely before. Uh, Rick Carter is uh, one of our special guests today. Everybody, please put your hands yeah! up for Rick. Oh. Right. The man, the myth, the legend. Dang. legend. Dang. He is a legend, I'm telling you, in his own right. Yeah. But rolling in the hay, tell your ride. What uh, what bands are we Rick missing? Carter? Rick yeah, Carter. Rick, or just Rick Carter. And the, and the Elvis tribute thing that you did for a while? Yeah, you Which was awesome. That. Yeah. I didn't know about that. Yeah. Yeah, they did it. Let's hear your Elvis. I don't know. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> just one word. That's, That's everybody's Elvis. best Elvis impression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Yeah. We got Cam Fleener in here again. It's, he's he's almost like a co-host at this yeah. point. Yeah. Whatever I'm driving by, you know, stop in, <laughs> see what's going on. A lot of people drive by this place. Yeah. yeah. So you're creepy if you're got driving me, by You got the two black guys sitting next to each other today. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> now look at this. Look at that. Look at that. We got look Brian Vaughn in the studio today. <laughs> Woo! Whoa, you had two weeks to prepare that. Yeah, that's all you came up with. Raise the I went old school on <laughs> Cassio's with us today, and we also have our... Wait. Dear, you just skipped right over me? Yeah, but no applause for that. I was about to say, uh, entertainment brought to you today by Buzzballs. Buzzballs! Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. Are you going to have one? Oh, yeah, a little Choco's going down. During Damn, this yeah, got you. Yeah. Oh, mm. Buzzballs is so great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my chalky milk in the morning. <laughs> We've got a good friend, Justin, with us today. That well, uh, dog, welcome. Justin yeah. is what now? The new manager of the Velcro Pygmies? Yeah, I was forced into it by Cam. It's, he, it's he pretty lost, cool. Yeah. He lost a bat. Man. <laughs> He's also Alabama Blues brother. Do not put that down, son. I'm telling you, that's, that's where I first met Justin. Yeah. And I'm telling you, that was one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. I is appreciate it? that. I do. It was a lot of fun, and uh, I'm still sore as shit from it. <laughs> I'm telling you, their entrance to the show, we did an outdoor festival. And they had an old time police car chasing them to the stage, and I was like, "Man, I don't know how you ever topped that, man. It's the best shit I've ever seen." It's not an Elvis tribute, but it was. Well, no, it the, the great thing about Justin, not just being a part of the Velcro Pygmy team, but he's a person that's done it all, which is so unusual in our business. Have someone that's been on the stage, done production done promoting agent work man he's done it all so he can see everything from every side what a lot of agents can't a lot of agents have never driven hundreds of thousands of miles to set up in snow uphill both ways <laughs> now yeah. we refer to him as suit now he's suit he's one of the <laughs> suits suit now. Now. <laughs> whatever he's, you want to call it he's <laughs> and of course we have bert and uh terry with us bertrude as, uh, no shirt bert uh, who's got his shirt on we're just grouped is, together well squirt. yeah the short Not, people sitting next to each other yeah. <laughs> it's a shame that bert does have his shirt on really honestly he's no yeah. shirt bert. Bert's like, oh, no. we're not gonna start bertrude. this are we What's your like non-Harry Terry? What's your What's name? <laughs> My wife. Non-Harry Terry? Yeah, there you go. It works for me. He's smooth under that smooth shirt, ladies. Uh, yes. 
non-Harry Terry. He <laughs> <laughs> to keep going everywhere. back to Casio as he finishes the buzz ball to see how he changes. It's going to be fun. Well, this ain't it's his first be fun one. Reminiscing with Mr. Rick Carter over here. Oh my this God. is going to be fun. And Rick, if you uh, if you decide you want some moonshine, we've got a uh, killer, killer bees. bees. Killer bees is moonshine that we. That's about all we have left. And he hadn't sent us any Yeah, don't worry. Yet. 57 people's drank out of it. But do you get <laughs> But it's moonshine. No, don't worry. You wake up tomorrow and go, I, did I give myself that fever blister? What happened to that? Yeah. <laughs> Spinal tap. <laughs> have you caught mouth herpes off a of mic before? I never have, no. That's crazy. Have you caught I feel like he's lying. That's what he's told his wife. Come on. <laughs> No, yeah. Rick Carter's got better stories than that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Okay, first, why are you guys in here? You guys are in here together for a reason. I know you're legends, you're having fun with us, but you guys are here because you have an incredible event coming up. Well, uh, I'll take it first and hand off to you. Absolutely. So, um, I get a phone call from Rick Carter. Now, when my phone says Rick Carter. I mean, mm. it like lights up and goes crazy because it's like getting a phone call from Jesus. Sure. <laughs> sure. So, so I get a phone call. So I answer that call. Okay. Now, Chris Eddins gets upset that I won't answer his calls, <laughs> but, but I'll answer Rick. So Rick's like, Cam, Rick Carter, I got something for you here. And you have to understand that the very first time the Velcro Pygmies ever played in Birmingham, it was because of Rick Carter. Really? Yes. Rick Carter told Sally, who owned a club called Louie's, which I oh, hope, hell yeah. I yeah. hope there are people watching that still remember Louie's. No, they're the all dead, but I remember. One of the greatest rock bars ever. But Rick, Rick calls me, and, 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 he, and he says, Cam, you've got to do Louie's. They don't pay, but you got to do it. Trust me. And Rick Carter's a legend. Tell you ride, a legendary band. Come I mean, on, they man. drove around a semi-truck with a full road crew, and they were the band everybody wanted to be. So I'm like, okay, so we did Louis. So I've always trusted Rick, and he's always taking great care of us. He calls me, he's like, Cam, we've got an event that's happening at Oak Mountain State Park on July the 8th. And Telluride wants to open for the Velcro Pygmies. What? And I'm like, dude, you are freaking kidding me. You wouldn't what? let them do that. And, Make them play after and, you. And, what and are I'm you like, talking what? About? And he's like, he said, we've got this great event. We've done it a couple times. It's a lot of fun. It's a family-friendly show, and we want you to do it. Will you do it? So, I mean, we were current at that date. I think we were cur currently scheduled to play. Um, I think in Graceland, and I canceled that show to do this one. Right. Um, but it was uh, it was a special thing that you called and asked me. So I wanted to do that before we got into you telling everybody what the show's about because I really appreciate you reaching out Come and, on, and making Absolutely. us that. Come Absolutely. on, man. Um, the promoter on this is a fellow by the name of Mike Perrin. We go back so far. He was a DJ years ago, um, Casa Tampico, Ooh. you know, in Birmingham, which had a, a great <laughs> nickname, but we won't go into that. Um, <laughs> sorry, we, sorry, got totally you distracted. Just listening, we You're darn right. Cam Flaner, Jordash. Oh my God. <laughs> Holy God. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> oh, <Jesus. Okay. laughs> so, so anyway, this guy's a great promoter, and we've done several shows with him. He's got a he's got a real um, affection for the coasters and the drifters and and the swinging medallions. 
In fact, we did a show with all those acts, and tell you, I was the youngest band there. How <laughs> <laughs> yeah. times you get yeah. to say that? Never. Ever. <laughs> all I hear is, he's a legend, which means he's old as shit. <laughs> Let's just wait for him to get out of the car. Watch him when he gets out. Help him out of the car. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he called me, and he said, I want to do something really cool. And I thought, man, we ought to kind of resurrect the Supper Club, the Louie Louis, you know, and get um, – battery t- has two sides, plus and a minus, plus and a minus, to make it work. So, Velcro, Pygmies, and Terry Ride, you could not get any two bands of this far from the spectrum. <laughs> right. But had the same appeal to, to such a large demographic yeah. audience that continues today. I mean, I've got more shows next year for Taylor than I did this year. So there's 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 it's a combination of melancholy. Everybody likes to remember things and I thought, man, this would be like the greatest reunion with really cool music. You know, the pigs and Taylor ride together. And and I told Cam, I said, but we want to open because it's late. <laughs> I knew there had to be something. I want to be done by this eight. This stuff makes sense. Yeah. And I live on Oak Mountain, truly, I do. And I thought, man, this is killer. I get them to open. I could be on my 815. So anyway, and that and due to Cam's incredible networking and, and all of you guys here I am today and I must say it's kinda of, it's a, a treat to um see so many different fields of our business represented in one place in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yes. I told these two fellows I said I should have come armed when I, when I pulled I can't up. believe you didn't. That doesn't matter. Charlie's got guest rifles you know, in here. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, the, the only time I've ever been to Cleveland, Alabama is when we did their prom in eighty one. I looked it up. They were all cousins. <laughs> so needless to say, I can't wait to meet my family when I get out of here today. <laughs> but yeah, that that's pretty much it. And Cam and I have talked about it, and we've talked with Mike, and now there's several people involved in this particular part of this program. July 8th at the, at the um, Oak Mountain State Park, not to be confused with the amphitheater, the state park. And we talked about this, that it's beautiful out there. We did it a, a couple years ago with all the old acts, and there's a big beach, and there's canoes, and there's kayaks, and there's... I'm going down. Help me. There's lifeguards. There's, you know. I mean, it's it's a good scene. It's and so the concert begins at seven and goes till ten or whenever. But people can come all day, right? I mean, Absolutely. It's a, it's, you can swim and do what. And so it's not just to show up at seven o'clock. Uh, you get to if you want to come and enjoy everything else there at the state park. Uh, that's re- available. Highly recommended. Yes, make a day of it. And I thought that was a good, um, good thing on your behalf in part to make it family event as far as letting children in free things like that. Because you guys, most of the people here, could bring their kids. Mine can bring their grandkids. Yes. yes. So, you know, I mean, we're talking about covering the base. Why don't we do this? Why don't Why don't we get the podcast? Why don't we sponsor it? I don't. We'll have to talk to our sugar daddy in there, Charlie Race. 
Charlie. He's over there photoshopping. Charlie, see what you can do. <laughs> hey, see wait a minute. What you can do and get back with us. Wait a minute. Don't ask him. Well, Just do well, it. Look, I mean, the fact that, that you're drinking the buzz ball, maybe yeah. you ought to maybe you ought to be the one that decides what <laughs> What 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 are tickets right now? Forty bucks. Forty bucks per. I'll tell you what we'll do, guys. If you guys are cool with it, how about we throw in how about we throw in five grand? Let's lower tickets to twenty five bucks. Or um, if you use promo code X5, how about we do buy one, get one free? Buy one, get one. Wow. Oh, well, you got to use code. a pro- promo code X5. You get buy one, get one. At- 25 bucks. What? Instead of a $40 ticket, $25. And if we get the clearance for this, I don't know. This Justin's probably having a heart attack here, but we'll do a BOGO. The day this comes out, you use X5 as your... Promo, promo code and then what you get one buy one get one free uh, buy one get one free and the 25 dollars ticket Woo! so it used to be 40 now it's 25 and if you use promo code x5 at eventbrite.com and you can you bring me uh, and your grandchildren come on now let's go come on guys i need to make some phone calls real quick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's not rush in all this agent stuff uh <laughs> Uh, there's some paperwork. <laughs> but thank you, Charlie. We love you wherever you're at. Uh, where, whatever the tickets are, for real, how can they – do they need to get them in advance? Can they get them at the door? I think – I guess – well, I know Eventbrite. I know okay. we've got Eventbrite. Eventbrite set up, which I guess, uh, Justin, you'll have to uh, get that redone, maybe. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's a good thing that this is not live right now because <laughs> I've got to do some serious talking. This is uh, – this was thrown on me really quickly. No, but we'll we'll fix that. And if, uh, if Charlie wants to be involved and uh, X5 won't, X5 wants to uh, sponsor this, there's no reason we can't do that. So we'll make it happen. And it's all uh, pre-purchase was what we encouraged through Eventbrite. Uh, and there was also a Facebook page set up for that. And uh, you can find it. You search at Oak Mountain Velcro Pygmies. Tell you right, it pops right up. Let's move some damn tickets. Yo. Keep drinking, Cassio. Yeah. <laughs> God, we'll get these t- let's get these tickets down. <laughs> Free hugs by David Lyon. <laughs> Let me also mention real quick, too, uh, we, you talked a little bit about it, but it's very important that everyone know this is a family-friendly event. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, the pigs are known to do some – Oh, yeah. in their show. Y'all doing three songs. Might and you be questionable. Can't talk in between, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you this: this is one of the reasons I literally love working with those guys is because they they have this variety thing where they can literally uh, make the show work for whoever's in front of them. So uh, just know that you can bring your your grandkids or your kids or whatever, and it'll still be fun. So yeah. Well, we it's it, whenever Mike called me. Uh, Mike was at first, he was like, well, Cam, I didn't know how you wanted to do this show because I know, you know, you have a reputation and uh, <laughs> thank you, Cassio. We were all thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I said, well, I want this to be a family friendly show because transitioning to another topic of conversation, I think it's so important that we get kids involved in live music. And there's no way that that's going to happen if they never get to go to a show. And I get it. You know, I, I was, uh, I'm a Foo Fighters. Let me back up. I'm not, uh, uh, people are going to hate me for this. <laughs> I'm not a Foo Fighters music fan. I'm a Foo Fighters performance fan. I love the way Dave Grohl does his shows. They, they're they very unscripted and it's just who's in front of him. He does a lot of great things. 
Um, but you know, I just saw they were just at the amphitheater, and everybody was posting videos, and Dave Grohl was the size of an ant. Mm-hmm. And okay, you're going to that experience, but until kids can be in the front row seeing things happen and really get excited about it, yeah. it doesn't click. You mm-hmm. might as well be watching it at home. And so we need events like this where people can bring the kids out and stand in front of bands and see live music being presented in an aggressive, exciting fashion because that's what's going to make our industry survive. Mm-hmm. And yes. I, I would assume that you would agree with that, Absolutely. Carter. Absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, kids, it's the phone. So to take them to be able to give them give them an opportunity to experience anything, especially a musical performance. By you guys have a great show. We're still looking at our boots, but you know they can. You know the thing they can see about us. No matter how old we get, we can still do this. Yes, you see? inspiring. Yeah, so we're you know, but yeah, I think that that's it's a great point is to to be able to experience and and to um, show the performing arts to anyone, especially kids, because if the kids don't get it, then it dies. I tell my, I tell my son that. I tell you, learning an instrument, you'll always have something to fall back on. You'll always be able to go make a couple hundred bucks and feed yourself, no matter what happens in life. If you want to be an a, a astrophysicist, whatever you want to be, and shit falls apart, you can always go run to a club and make money yeah. doing this. It's a good cushion to have in your life look at this example dave lineham exactly cam cleaner we both suck and this is what we do <laughs> all right you want to be inspired if those idiots can do it i, I can do it all the time. I mean, everybody else in this room is incredibly talented yeah people Let's, used to people used to ask me back when i was doing the blues brother thing and they're like so what do you do for a living and i was like i'm a musician so they just say well basically you're saying you're broke and i'm like that's pretty much it but i have a good time doing it you know, Rick, Rick, we were just talking before the show. I'd love to. You had a great story about Rick was asking me what I'm doing now. Are you still in radio comedy? I said, yes, I'm trying not to get a real job. And he said, <laughs> well, join the club, brother. But you had a great story about you and your brother. No, what, what the story wasn't about. Oh, oh, let me think about your dad. Talking oh, about you and your brother had different. Oh, yeah. Jobs. My, well, my dad was he was very full of great, great um, um, advice. I said, Dad, I'm going to be a professional music musician. He said, that's great. One thing you'll never have to worry about. And I said, what's that? He said, money. Because <laughs> you'll never have it. <laughs> and my mother was a piano teacher, and I was going. <laughs> but now, and, you know, bless his heart and his soul, he drove me to every gig. You know, he would put the stuff. And I just wrote a story about this, and I'll tell you, this is a great story. In 1969, I was living in the Philippines on an Air Force base, and we had a band called the Great Wind Controversy, 1969. Mm. Fortunately, nobody could remember that, so they started calling us the GWCs. Much more memorable. Much more memorable. (laughs) But there, we only played the best in counterfeit Fender amps and guitars that we bought at the (laughs) music store off base. So we had those. And you only get your clothes made there because if you order something from Sears, your two-year tour would be done by the time the shit got there. <laughs> so they made our suits and everything. And my point to this story is is my old man with about a six-pack of Schlitz 
drove us to the best gig we ever had. We played on the Filipino version of American Bandstand called the Nine Teeners. And I found the reason this story has come to me now is I found the theme song on YouTube. Get around, Nine Teeners, up and down. So we went to that show, the band, my old man, and we had to take our maid because you can't pay underage American dependents on a Filipino television show. So we took the maid with us. They had to so pay the maid? They paid the maid, <laughs> and the old man's going, y'all sounded great. <laughs> he was drunk as hell. <laughs> so he drove us to this great gig, you know, and nobody spoke English. And I'll never forget that the Filipino's host was named Ricky. There's nobody named Ricky in the Philippines. <laughs> it's, it's Romy or Boy or Manuel, but no Rickies. But he was the host. And so when we got home, I said, Dad, I'm just going to do this forever. And this is what he said. He said, son, currency comes in many forms. He said, money is the dirtiest of them all. If you make people happy, you'll always be a rich man. How about that? And I've lived with that philosophy my whole life. Even with the six-pack of Schlitz, it made <laughs> you know, with the skeleton key opener. But um, my story about my brother, my dad would say, people say, what? now you have two sons, what do they do? My brother's a graphic artist. And my dad would say, I got one boy plays music, one boy colors. Colors? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that, that's the story of my dad. One plays music and one, one colors. colors. Yeah. You know, I remember we that. Got? Oh, we got Cam playing the Last yeah, Supper. I remember yeah. that. It was, uh, that was actually at the Last Supper Club. <laughs> that took place. Uh, the Last Supper Club there. I see what you did. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I want to tell you a story that you told me about your dad. Yeah. Uh -oh. That that was that I thought was really cool. Um, there's a place, and some of you guys watching this will remember. Some of you guys in this room will remember. It's called the Supper Club, mm -hmm. and we spent a lot of time there, and you spent a lot of time there. And John Brandt is a saint, Saint John Brandt. Yes. Shout out but, John Brandt. We know you're watching, uh, and he will be at the show yep. on the eighth. John's yep. going to be there, kind of a uh, honored guest. But uh, Rick was there with Rolling in the Hay at this time. And, and I walked over there and was sitting there, and you were, you guys had your tour bus at mm -hmm. that time. And I remember you telling me that one of your biggest thrills was having your dad get on the tour bus. Mm -hmm. And you were able to say, yeah, you know, to sh say, you know, dad, I've made it. You know I'm what he said? You know what he said? Tell me. What took so damn long? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he said. I went. But I, I won't. I never. I, I tell yeah. that story a lot. Well, I remember you telling me. You know, I think me. goals really like that are. I mean, all of us have had success in this business. Mm -hmm. All of us sitting in this room. Um, there's so many people, so many kids. You guys see them because you're more in the trenches than I am. That will never even see the success that we that we've achieved. And a lot of that is because not of lack of talent, but of lack of fortitude and tenacity. Yes. And, you know, we wouldn't be, none of us would be sitting here if we didn't drive here because we wanted to be here because it's an opportunity for us to continue to do what we do. And in Casio's words, not to have to get a real job. 
and you know in a comic way that's of course you know we don't we didn't want a real job so that's why we do what we do but this is the hardest job mm. one of the hardest jobs you could have yeah. because every morning musicians entertainers wake up unemployed yeah, yeah. every yeah. single day because you're every day you're looking for the next opportunity if you work a nine to five and you've been there 25 years and you're going for 40 you're employed you know what you're going to do you do it every time yeah. every day we wake up and look for an opportunity and look for another job and that's part of the game and that's part of the exciting part of it to all of us or else we wouldn't do it because if you weren't excited about the game of doing it and what it takes to do that you wouldn't do it, therefore you're not successful. And so when bands and kids go, well, you guys just get all the breaks. And I always tell them, create your own opportunity. Mm -hmm. And like July 8th, that's an opportunity that we can can show what we've worked for and the things that we do, why we do it, how we do it, experience this with us. That's the whole, that's always been a Telluride philosophy. And I just saw Dave Lynam's band down at the floor of Bama. It's all of our, and you can call it old, you can call it anything, but Casio does it. We all do it. We entertain people. That's right. You know, that's part of what we do is the want and need for us personally to entertain people. We're yeah. doing it right now. Yeah, I but, was about to say that. But you had to have somebody to create this situation because they wanted to do it and they did it. And that's the two words that are most important besides these two words, music, business. You can be a great musician, but if you suck at the business part, you're never going to be good at music business. That's right. Vice versa. So understanding that concept and doing that and working at it all the time. I'm going to be 70 years old. I've done this since 1967 because my first job, I got paid $7. My allowance was 50 cents a week. I just got paid $7 to play at the opening of a TV repair store. I thought, well, shit, 50 cents a week. All week, $7 one time. So 1967, that was it. I said, I'm doing this till I die. And so far, so good. You know, I'm up to 17. But, but My favorite thing you do is posting your old calendars from back in the day. Yeah. Where you can see the money he used to play for. Yeah. And, buddy, it was eight shows a week. I mean, oh, yeah. Dude, I mean, he would double But the it's the same thing that we, that we still do. See, that's a philosophy that we all, the three of us, I'm not as familiar with, with you gentlemen over here. But I know that in the rock and roll business, um, that we will. If somebody calls us and goes, "Hey, can you do two to four in Tuscaloosa?" And you're going, "I got Auburn at night." Yep, we can do it. <laughs> right. But the, the roadies would would call me up and go, "Dude, I just got the itinerary. How are we going to do three states in one day?" I said, "We're on a bus." Yeah. And we did that one time. We did a festival in Columbus, Georgia. We did one in Birmingham, and we closed it out at Nashville. Hey, why don't you tell the hours. story about you running over one of the most expensive instruments you've ever owned with a bucket bus? Oh, that was Barry's mandolin, and I did back over it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he ran over a mandolin that cost as much as my house. Yeah. What? Yeah, thank God. It, it was insured. It was it? insured. When Woo! was this? When did that happen? Why was Rolling a mandolin in the pathway of the bus? Dude, you know it how was, this shit happened. Rick was swerving. <laughs> it was swerving. Why you of all people ask? <laughs> It was there. 
was that? I remember hearing about uh -oh. that. Oh, I, I hope that was a baby. Bus. Here's a bus story. Hello? You're where? You're at the truck stop. We just left, left the truck stop. We've done that. I've done that before. You left them. Yeah. Accident. Didn't do it. We're, we're in Birmingham. What truck stop? <laughs> oh, the one up on the corner by Huntsville. Yeah. Can you get a ride? You should be more. <laughs> you, know, you want to be like you should be more memorable. Yeah. We didn't pick up. <laughs> <laughs> gone. But that was the bass player, and we left him at a truck stop. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. And um, so he said, there's a trucker here. He says he's coming to Birmingham. I said, well, I'll pull over and wait for you. <laughs> anyway. That's the so, great thing about rolling in. He hay. gets to ride with a trucker? Yeah, I've got three people. It's hard to leave people when you got three in the band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're rolling in the hay. Didn't have uh, any production, like no lights and stuff like that. They would just like, they could throw and go. They would go one stop, two stop, three stop. Y'all, how many get, y'all done three shows in three, three different states? Three shows, three states. But see, when when we stopped touring with Telluride, I, we were in a semi-truck. We had five roadies. It was just, it was huge production cost. And I said, man, I just want to get a band with a van and a PA on a stick. That's what you did. So that's what we did. And everybody went, what kind of music is that? And I said, well, it's kind of bluegrass rock. We take rock and roll songs, we turn them into bluegrass. And they were like, these sons well, of bitches will make them more than us playing. The next, yeah. Then the next thing I know, well, we're going to have to get roadies. Well, we're going to get a bus. And the next thing I know, <laughs> but, but nowadays... You don't have to put – I think y'all still carry production. You guys probably still yeah. do. But nowadays, most clubs have production. And it may – I mean, you may send them one line and give the guy the gas, but right. they still have a PA and lights. Back in – that's when rolling the hay, when I started figuring out that all these places had PAs in production, I went, you know, just throw get the roads to throw the merch first throw the merch in get that's it where in the there, money is sure. throw the merch in throw you know the back line and the guitars and stuff and we won't care we won't have a pa but we carry a small one but yeah we were making big money big oh, money yeah. they were, you were and we were having to lug around all the fucking production and they were just scooting in playing their little well, banjos getting the fuck out like, these son of a bitches got it figured out when when i sat on the bus that first time and you were telling me about your dad you know like you know why did it take so long? He said, our merchandise is paying for this bus. Man, what oh, I mean yeah. that. And hay, you still see hay, hay everywhere. My grass stickers is blue. And if, but you think about this. Everybody wants to be part of the private club. It just depends on which club. They don't want to be part of the club. Some people do. We don't, but some people do. So instead of rolling in the hay, I thought, why don't we do The kids called us hay. Hay's in town. So just put a sticker that says hay on it. On, and it was back when those oval stickers weren't mm -hmm. big, yeah. but they were. I knew they were going to be big because the first one I saw, I said, WP, widespread panic. And oh, I thought, yeah. hey. Yeah. So that became big. But T-shirts to this day, we played a, a show down in Mobile before this Billy Strings kid. Oh, God incredible. bless you, Billy Strings. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest resurgence of gigs we've had in decades. So because all the kids now go, we love bluegrass. Um, so we did a show before Billy Strings and Mobile pouring down rain, sold the venue out, pouring down rain, and it's all those kids. Sold $1,200 worth of T-shirts because I put, I picked, therefore I grin on the back of them. That's Got great. mushrooms and guitars. <laughs> Boom. You, you've always been the guy in charge of merch? That's great. 
Southern Rogers badass whiskey drinking bluegrass. You know why? Because yeah. I don't want to get a job. Oh, <laughs> Come yeah. on. Yeah. Come on. But see, you know, people, merch is such a, you got to have somebody to sell it. You got to do this. Well, if you have something that you that sells itself, you don't have to have somebody that sells it. You just need to have somebody there to take, to the, money. take the money. Right. And nowadays it's nothing. But bands get so busy and, and merch is a hard thing to do. But it's, I've got, you know, merch for Rick Carter, merch for Tayrod, merch for the Selma Boys, merch for the Alabama Troubadours, all the different projects that I have because merch pays for it all. It really mm-hmm. does. I mean, it pays all of your expenses. If you get something that people want, that's the hard part. Yeah. You know, but rolling the hay, got grass. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, I mean, I it, it, all of those. It writes itself. It it you know and and that's part of it. I mean the merchandising and the like the Velcro pygmies and now get sideways and re, is not you um, splendid chaos. That's yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. See these are brand names. Casio Kid. You know you've got well to, not so much. But, but you, <laughs> yeah. Greg <laughs> <laughs> Carter's an brand name. That was name. last time in Orange Beach. I remember that. Speaking of yeah. brand names, Buzzball right play the hangout. <laughs> but that's you know the that's. Part Part of it is being able to build your brand and understanding how important that is. You got to back it up with with ability, no doubt about it. You know, I mean, you've got to do that. The big front of a facade of a house is great. There's no furniture in it. It's still just the front of a house. So you know, it's just shit you learn to keep well, having. Good I want to ask you about something, Rick. That you and I have talked on the Rick Carter and I we talk a lot on the phone and we lament about the good old days. I never in a million years and David Lyme, you're almost there. I've never dreamed that I would be a dinosaur and talk about the good old days. Yeah. And when you look back and Louis is gone, the music hall's gone, supper club's gone, the Ivory Tusk is gone, La Vila's gone, Spinnaker's gone. All of these places that built our industry are gone. And one of the things that's frustrating to me, and Dave Lynham, I would love for you to comment on this as well, and well, anybody can, but Rick, whenever Tell You Ride, you guys built this industry. You guys, Baby Blue, Eli, Eli, Cheyenne, um, there was just so many of these big production Mm -hmm. bands that rolled in and semi-trucks and you know it was always a competition who could have more gear who could that and so yeah. that's what whenever we came up that's what we were trying to be we we're trying to be telluride and i think that you recognized okay here's this stupid little band called the velcro pygmies that are really working hard i don't see anybody in the rearview mirror now i don't see any velcro pygmies in I, the rearview mirror i see well i, I see very few you know, I see, like I said, we just did a show with them down at the floor of Bama, and I can see a lot of us in them, mm-hmm. but a lot of them in them, too, because he's had the experience of it. And I'm just, like I said, no no offense intended whatsoever. I don't go out, but I know the name Splendid Chaos. I know that because the brand's been established. But there's nobody in the rearview mirror um, because I don't think that, the younger generation, and I hate to say that. Well, I can say Did that. Get it, whip, bust some asses. <laughs> Get out there and crack a whip on some people. It's, it's time for the kids to hear some hard freaking truths about this business. Well, they are entitled, and they expect more 
for putting in less. They sure and that, do. And that could be, you know, when and I'm going to use this because it's the freshest thing in my memory, except the fact that you guys still you load your own stuff in. Yes. You know, okay, so that they'd have no concept of that. But when I'm taking a break, playing the floor, bam, and I walk back, and his crew's got the damn rack out with the ears and all the stuff, and they're rewiring stuff like that. That, I go in, instantly flashback to all the times that we repaired cables or fixed the truck or whatever it kind of thing. These, nowadays, they don't even get, they don't even, if you tell them this joke, y'all are pretty good. You need to get a van and get some t-shirts. They don't even know you're supposed to have a van. <laughs> What's a van for? I'm just going to ride, we're going to meet together. We're all going to ride separately and meet and play. Well, you don't have the camaraderie. There's so many things. How many times did we stop at the truck stop between um, the torch in Auburn or the one between Tuscaloosa and Birmingham? It was like a band meeting. Yep. We'd finish fight, playing frat parties, and we'd all stop at that truck stop and go, man, did you see Eli's new shit? She, Cookie's got a coat for a coat down here with boots <laughs> and a damn thong on. <laughs> you know, there's none of that. How all of that's how gone. awesome was it? Like getting to getting an off night and going to the supper club and seeing friends play. I mean, it that, was great. That, I mean, well, the good thing though, supper club always started late. Yeah, so it yeah. really, you know, yeah. If yeah, it was awesome to go there because there'd be a lot of bands there from the you know touring and doing you know the whole circuit and all that. People but, that do privates yeah, and got time to get over there. It got over there and it was awesome, and you got to see everybody and. Yeah, that was, that was the good old days. Yeah, sense, for you know? sure. Yeah, it's just gone. That it's is gone. just gone. You know, whenever Rick, called, we the the Velcro Big Me started in Louisville, Kentucky. A lot of people think we're from Alabama. We started in Louisville, Kentucky. Rick calls me, and his pitch is, "Hey, man, drive all the way to Birmingham for nothing." <laughs> for nothing drive to birmingham for nothing but i got you in the supper club because no, of and, that and we didn't hesitate there mm -hmm. wasn't a matter right. of well you think you could get us something it was right. like rick carter says do this it's gonna matter and we did right. rick carter also got us in the supper club seven it's so funny rick seven people were at that first show and i've probably met 300 people that were at that first show <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and it was the same deal. Yeah. Hey, there's no money here right now, but you've got to do it. And we went there and we played and John Brandt filled our schedule up after seeing us that first time right. because I believe in the Baskin Robbins concept of rock and roll. You don't buy ice cream you've never tasted before. And so our philosophy was anywhere, anytime for any amount of money. And our schedule exploded because I believe so much in our product that I knew that if people saw it one time, they would buy it again and they would pay for it. Well, I think to, to sum it all up, this is what the problem that you have. In our day, and what we all enjoy, a band is an unbroken circle. It's the same members that show up every time. Now it's, hey, I'm Dave, I'll be your drummer tonight. Right, right. But that's not a, a band. A band no. is an unbreakable circle. So the camaraderie and the common goal to succeed is shared by the unbreakable circle. We did a show in St. Simon's Island, and I rolled the hay, and I knew we were going to be big. I could feel it because the kids were talking, and we decided to eat at the Huddle House. They didn't have a Waffle House, had a Huddle House. I said, bring your shit in. We're going to play in this Huddle House. Oh, yeah. And they're like, 
I said, yeah. I said, bring the bass rig. I'll talk to him. So we go in, and all the kids are there from the show. And I go up and talk to the guys. I said, can we plug this bass rig in? We're going to play. And they're like, hell yeah, honey, why not? <laughs> so, and we played, and now there's 20,000 people that were at that huddle house. <laughs> exactly. You know? That saw yeah. that show. And the next time we played St. Simon's, you couldn't get near the venue. You know, and all the it was summertime, and all the kids that live on St. Simons go to school at Mary Baldwin and WNL, University of Virginia, and so pretty soon, pretty soon. But if I had said that to two guys I didn't know that were in the van that had played the show with me, would they have gotten out? No. Of course not. Mm -hmm. The guy's crazy. What the hell are you talking? About? But my guys went, "Hell yeah, man, let's do it." And, you know, that's that's the part that's missing. That right there, the camaraderie that we're sharing right now. This right here, you don't see. You know that. You yes. all know that because you have created it so that it exists and happens because you took the time and Charlie took whatever influence he had to make this happen. <laughs> And that's, Resources. and that's why you're able to share that. Oh, my God. That, that's that time you sat and you sat But anyway, that's, that's my ramble. Now, it is funny, okay, that, and I take this as a compliment. We've been around so long that there are people that call us Veluride. Really? Oh, yes. really? Yeah. 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 They call us Bellyride. Because you've been around. You've been around so long. Yeah. Love Which it. one is you, Rick, in this picture? The top right above Cam there. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, they're boys. Yeah. I, I still, <laughs> My lipstick looks good. I still had that same mustache. Cam was keep, blowing that sax on Stand Alone, brother. <laughs> you know, of course, absolutely. Yeah. That's back when Cam was in his 50s, I think. Yeah, yeah, it really was. <laughs> <laughs> I still wore shirts back, back in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. That is, that's an original Tommy Hilfiger, if you kids remember that brand. No. <laughs> so let me let me transition real quick let me interview yeah. dave lineham real quick yeah so so no you, well, we just shared something earlier that i think is really important <laughs> there is i think there might be a little glimmer of hope for our history and last friday when we did the x5 event at mars music hall we were able to bring up an artist that we've been developing through the reach and teach organization called his name is will willie p and he's a country guy, and we took him in the studio, and, he re and he's recording his album right now, and he had two 15-year-old girls perform with him, one on bass and one on drums. And Bella is just a phenomenal drummer. And so I didn't realize this until Dave told me, but you had an opportunity to interact with her. I did. I took and, a, and so I took fill a, people in on that. I took a meeting with her, and I was afraid at first because – Believe it or not, I don't know much about drums. To be a drummer, I just we like... We believe it. Okay. It's believable. <laughs> I don't have to twist any arms in here. Yeah, we, we believe it. Yeah. No gasps. Well, that, her, her father reached out and said, I'd like to, to, to take you out to eat and uh, just talk drums with my daughter. And I was like, well, I've got bad news for you. I don't know much about the instrument, but I know a lot about the business, and I could probably help her out that way. And he was like, that's what I mean. I didn't... Yeah, I don't care what kind of drums you're playing. We saw you stick a stick up your nose. We're yeah, good. Yeah, we, we know you're not. Like, um, I'm an entertainer. I'm not a drummer. But but I took a meeting with him, and, uh, and, you know, I laid out a bunch of stuff for her to do. Like, 
even I, I was like, you're probably not ready for half of this, but this is the sheet you need to follow. You need to be an entertainer. First and foremost, talk about the clothes. You got to dress up on stage. And, and I mean, if you're if, depending on what you want to do, I know the cover band business backwards and forwards, and I can tell you everything about it. I mean, you need to have an image when you walk off stage, people need to be like, that son of a bitch is in the band. There's no doubt about it. Or a drag queen or whatever. What they, they need you. to Thank notice you, Dave. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, David. They need to notice you when you get off stage. But I gave her a PDF, and it's just a list of things, like fake representation until you, you know, the kind of things when you start a band you don't think about. You just think, I'm going to cold call a club, and I'm going to tell them, we're great. You should book us. Well, Everybody thinks their band's great. And, and, and trust me, the guy that books a club has heard that shit a thousand times over. <laughs> so get representation or get fake representation. That's what we did in Lineham before we were shit. We would just pretend we're an agent representing the band and then get, and then eventually, you know, it's fake it until you make it. Really. Yep, that's you right. Know? Exactly. Yep. But you got to have a game plan and you can't just. Uh, you know, this day and age, you can't just stare at your shoelaces and expect the people in the audience to stick around. They're going to stick their back to you. They're going to leave and go get something else. But I, I just gave her a, a PDF and I made a set list and I did all kinds of things about getting a promo video and just the business side of things that I think so few uh, musicians are educated in. I know a lot of musicians. And a lot of y'all are dumbasses. I mean, there is a lot of dumbasses. That There's play a lot business. of experienced musicians right. that don't know shit about I, this business. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and I've seen the best bands in the entire world play to the ashtrays in a bar. And I'm telling you, I've seen the shittiest of bands play to pack houses every Thank night. Thank you, Dave Liner. I know. Well, Thank just, you, Dave Liner. I, I didn't know if you were going to pick up on Dave that compliment. <laughs> But it happens every day. I, mean, I can tell you badass bands that play in front of nobody, and it's just you got to have that entertainment factor in this day and age. I mean, and also you told her something that Rick just said about the unbroken circle, right? About your bandmates. Yeah, you got to be able to find three people that will paddle. Because even finding three people in the band with you that'll paddle the boat in the same direction, you're still going to fight because it's still a marriage. I mean, you're. You're married at the house, and then you go out with a band on the road. You're married to them too. I mean, it's a, it's a really volatile situation, you know. Very. And it's very hard. Every band fights. The way Cam drinks a glass of water, I'm sure Edens wants to punch the shit out of him. Sometimes. He does sometimes. We've but, all noticed during this podcast. I, mean, I want to punch his ass. <laughs> but that kind of stuff exists. So you have to be a tight knit circle. You got to have three people that just think the way you do and want see the same vision that you do. And if you don't have that, I mean, your foundation's only as strong as your weakest link. How about, how about your feelings? How important are your feelings? They don't mean shit. <laughs> no, they don't. And so many, uh, there's so many snowflakes out mm -hmm. there now. And, I mean, when Dave Lynham started losing his hair. And, I'm and, not and, losing and, my and, fucking and, hair. And, and everybody was commenting about it. No, I didn't. You know? <laughs> They start touching his we got him. He's no, but you know what I'm saying. It, it's here comes people, a bald fucking gif on the fucking screen. I'm sure it's coming. People are bandmates are jackals, and you gotta have a tough skin. Am I right? Oh, Rick absolutely. Carter? Yes. Yeah. You can't oh, you, be a crowd baby on the road. Yeah, and you're gonna play to empty rooms more. I mean, even to this day, I'm 47, and I guarantee you, I know you. It looks like in pictures that we play to packed houses every night, but. I've played enough empty rooms 
way more than I played the packed houses. Like I, I'm so you can tell a musician like Rick has been on stage. He's played to the bar staff so many times he can't even. But you know, him. here's the. It, once you go, okay, what can I do to make? There's nobody here. Right. The fair's in town. Right. Whatever the tobacco re- spitting contest. Whatever the reason the is. <laughs> then if you go, okay, well. I, I play, I'm going to play this a little different tonight to see how that works. There's always something constructive. You guys right. know that, yeah. that you can do. You're there anyway. So play like you're as good or better than you've ever played because that's where you learn. You have the time to go, okay, I'm going to do something a little different this time. Or, you know, he's saying that. I like the, that was kind of cool. So next time when you get in front of the show, then you've got some new stuff, even if it's the same songs. Yeah. You've got a new approach to it because you played to the waitresses that loved you, you know, whatever it is. Hey, Rick, you have to construct. I'm, s- I'm going to jump in and interrupt you yeah. for two seconds because what you just said happened to me. It was the it's true story. It's back 2007 or eight. We played this club. There were literally maybe seven people in the audience. That's it. Mm-hmm. It was just a bad night. It was we were passing through, you know, Blues Brothers Tribute and Club. It didn't really work that well anyway. Well, we found out the hard way. But there was one person, one person there that saw us, and he was just in town on a business trip. He worked for the MWR, I think. They yeah, call you it. never know who's in the room, is what. You- yeah, so what I'm getting at, <laughs> play because of that bartender, that person, that person booked us on a 10 day tour in Japan. Oh wow! Well, that that room that's was seven pretty, people. That's, that's so you, cool. I always say, tell people, man, let them know you've got to give it your all, no matter what, right? So, but, but give it. That is how you do it. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. But if I look back at my career, 50 years of doing this, I could count on one hand how many people left that still do it. Because lack of tenacity, the family got in the way, all of the commitments that you have to make to do this, which is all of the commitments. Mm-hmm. You can't split it up and say, well, I'm just going to play on weekends. Well, then you go on and do that. I want this is what I'm going to do forever. Then all the other things fall fall aside. But if you hadn't played that gig with nobody there and ended up going on a ten day tour of Japan, you wouldn't have done it because my family got in the way. And I'm, my point is is that this kind of thing is different than welding. I'm using that. I'm not maybe all of y'all are great welders. I don't know. <laughs> but welders of heart. But it's all the time. You know, we're always unemployed. We're always looking for something. We're looking for that opportunity you got when there was nobody there. But those kind of things come up. We're playing Louie Louis one time and I know the guy coming in. I go, That's Nicky Hopkins, the best if you get Google this guy's name is Nicky Hopkins. He played on everything in the entire world. Pull it up, Dustin. Yeah, Nicky Hopkins. The Rolling Stones. He played the piano on You Are So Beautiful by Joe Cocker. He played the piano on Imagine by John Lennon. He played, that's him right there. So we're playing, and Louie Louie's, and this guy walks in, and I know him because I was a big heads, hands, and feet, and all Nicky Hopkins, Tin Man was a dreamer. I'm like, that's Jeff Beck's get Rolling Stone mixture, and they're all going, "Who's that?" You know, we're from Selma. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I said, well, "Trust your leader." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. So this guy, Nicky Hopkins, case in point, he gets up at Louis Louis, and we talk, and he gets up and plays piano, and a very thick English accent, which I won't even try to attempt to um, talk like that. But he said, "Do you want to go to the Cayman Islands?" And we're like. 
How many times you hear that in a bar? Yeah, uh, no shit. I, I got an I got an uncle who works for MCA. Uh, He's the janitor, but he works anyway. Yeah. So I said, so I said, oh, absolutely, we'd love to go to the Cayman Islands. Two weeks later, this is before cell phones. This is Louis Louis's nineteen eighty five. My mother gets a package from that guy right there, a FedEx package, and I said, open it up. There's plane tickets to the Cayman Islands. Wow. For the band, the road crew, and we went down and played the Cayman Islands. And in the lounge, we're playing on the big stage with Roseanne Cash and Waddy Wachtel and Nicky Hopkins. Wow. In the lounge, the roadie said, you got to go see this, this duo in the lounge. There's two hot chicks. I said, really? What's their names? He got, and the roadie goes, the judges. I said, the judges? <laughs> Met the Judds. Yeah. <laughs> They're playing the lounge. Wow. We're playing on the big stage from playing that one night at Louis Louis when that guy walked in. But if you didn't have a band and a van and the commitment and all the things that it takes to do that, those opportunities are never going to come around. Right. You know, you can do, and I don't, I'm, you know the bars I'm talking about in Birmingham. You can do, let's use one that's now no longer in business. As an example, Superior Grill. Right. Using that as an example, if you dumb it down and you lower the gene pool so low that it's under a baby pool by playing for seventy-five bucks or hundred bucks, then you've killed our. You're killing our industry. I do. I only. Did, I just. Please preach. This is it. You know, I just like to play. Well, then sit on your damn couch and play. Don't That's come right. out here and and dirty up what we're trying to do Please. and see that is part of what we are not going to do that we're not going to do that because we have excelled what we do we're at a different level than that we don't have to do that and if we did have to do that we wouldn't be doing this that's right so we don't have to do that we can poke fun we can say stop doing that you don't understand it's like i told a club owner he said i'm just not going to do cover anymore I said, but see, if you do that. You set a precedent. I said, look, I got two stakes. They're identical. One of them's free. One of them is $20. Mm. Which stake do you think is better? $20. So if you have no cover, then your musicians don't matter. They're not even worth 25 cents. They're not even worth a penny. Yeah. That's how. That's how you think. And if you think that of your musicians, don't you think everybody, every pedestrian that walks in off the street thinks that these guys are so bad they don't even deserve Rick, it? Rick, will you start coaching musicians? But <laughs> Seriously. I was about to say. Will you start a class at Jeff State or this, UAB? This, is, or this is what we need. We need people that have been there, done that, telling people how like to Like literally do it. in a boardroom. Musicians, yes. come well, here, come sit in, down. Sit down. But and is learn, that not the truth? Learn, it's absolutely the truth. The truth. I, I, it's. it's to hear you say it, it's just like shit that bounces around in my head for the past 10 years. Yeah. Like, to hear you say it, it just sounds it, so good to me. I'm like, listen, you sons of bitches. Listen to him we, when he's we, talking. It's yeah. the hard we are, truth. We are so fragmented as an industry uh, because we don't cross paths as much anymore no. like we used to. Because you would go, when you would be on Auburn's campus, there'd be 35 bands playing. And we could yeah. all communicate and talk. And now we're so fragmented that David is right. We need an opportunity to get the dinosaurs. That's why I took that meeting with and that say, girl. Y'all get in here and let us put this collective back together so that everybody 
is rowing in the same direction. Well, I, 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 my hat's off to David and all the people, Charlie and all the people involved in this particular scenario right here, right now. This is such a great conglomerate of so many different talented people with an opportunity to do these kind of things and the avenues that you guys have as a result of this is why you do it and that's why he's done it that's why we're here and you don't like you said we don't have this kind of you know we don't we don't have this brotherhood as you would say we don't and we or, need it or or you don't have a platform or able to do this because listen to people that have been there Right. <laughs> Listen to those people because they've been there. And, you know, my education and knowledge is useless if you can't share it. I think we need right. to go back to go back to the July 8th show that we're talking about. Yes. So now we're going to create another ticket link to have consulting yeah. for musicians. <laughs> Come early. From you two guys. So. Come yeah. sit down. Well, the after party you. is a uh, 101 class with Rick Carter. He thought he was getting to bed by 10 o'clock. <laughs> it looks like it's not going to happen. <laughs> but we need that. We need the mentorship. We need people that are passing that torch like you guys passed it to us. Yeah. And not that you stopped, but you recognized, okay, the only way that our industry survives is for there to be new young blood. And you recognized it. Okay, here's this stupid band from Louisville, Kentucky. I recognize that that they're somebody that, that will come in and help carry this torch. And I'm not seeing that in the rearview mirror now. There may be individuals like Bella or Will, but I'm not seeing bands that like are out there. Like four guys, like, talk to us. Yeah. We I, don't know there, how to navigate these there waters. There used to be a time, and Dave Lynham was one of these guys. I did. I would reach would out to him. Would hang out. We would be playing a club, and you'd look out and you'd see all of these, and I was one of these people that would go see bands and hang out at the club, and I was that guy. Hey, how'd you get that kick drum sound? Hey, what's this PA? I was that guy. And those guys don't exist anymore. They're not just hanging out. And it that, pisses me off. That goes back to the entitlement of this generation. Thank you, Terry. You know, and um, they pull up on their phones and they see the Instagram, you know, whatever social media, and they see somebody, you know, shredding or playing drums, whatever, in their own little room with their cool lighting. But that's that's what they. I think that kids these days say, okay, cool. Well, if I get X amount of hits on my social media, I've made it. No, uh. Uh-uh. To experience the whole thing, you need to get out there and, like you said, pass it on the torch and all that stuff. They have to experience the show like you guys are getting ready to do, because it, it's it's there's a there's an emotion that comes with a live band. Yes, mm. that pushes you. That that the, the sound, the feeling, right. the, the visual. It's not on this. You're right. And it's not oh, I got a million hits or whatever, blah blah blah, or a thousand, whatever. It's the actual like. It's almost like a religious experience. To yeah. see a live Thank band. Yes. So when these young yes. kids who are entitled, I, I, and not all of them are entitled, but, you know, they see, oh, well, I made it because it's on social media, blah, blah, blah. They got to get out of their head of that. You know, they, they got to work for it. They got to see. They got to have the torch. They got to light it. Chase, they get, you know, Chase was that kid. Remember oh Chase God. coming to your shows? <laughs> yeah, Chase, your guitar player yeah, used he to had that Splinter l- Chaos, and I used to sit with him yes. and, you know, shred and do all this, but... You know, he's an amazing guitar player, but there's more to it than just playing that guitar and learning all your skills and doing all this. You got to have the image. You got to have the attitude, the, the you passion. You got to know how to do a sound check appropriately. Yes. Without going, <laughs> quit playing the damn drums. Yeah. It's my turn. Look at Lionel. <laughs> oh, God. The snare drum sounds fine. <laughs> oh, 
We can. Uh, they do the this shit in real time. Is that oh not crazy? Like, look at Ed's face. This <laughs> <laughs> is permafaith. Look, uh, man, I don't know if you listen to this on Apple or if you watch or listen to this on. Uh, you gotta watch it. You gotta watch it's it on YouTube. Watched. You miss so much of this. Yeah. Shit. Terry, what you're saying is yeah. absolutely right. It is. And you know what? Absolutely. Chase, that mattered to him. That's yeah. what changed him. Dealing with people like you that he respected. I mean, my God, he was at the dock. At he was, freaking yeah. 12 years old, you yep. know, bands getting him up and getting to experience that kind of thing. And Chase is one of the most dedicated. Dave, you'll back me up on this, and so will you, Rick, and so will you, Terry. There are musicians and there are band guys, yes. and they're not always the same. Right. You're right. And sometimes you find a musician that is a band guy, and a lot of times you find musicians that aren't band guys, and you can't deal with those people. Right. You got to be a band guy. And Chase is one of those rare exceptions where he's a musician. Here's and a what. Yeah. Here's what. This is exactly what ruined Vulgar Bulge. Is musicians <laughs> Charlie Ray singing? Musicians started showing up instead of band guys. Yep, you're right. <laughs> and it got turned over to the musicians, bringing in their own guitars, uh, staying up there for five songs. That's not what that thing not was. At all. And I, to, I don't know. I, don't think, I remember, you remember the Iron Vulgar City, Bulge. Yeah. yeah. I mean Iron. Iron Iron Horse, Iron Horse. Yeah. 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 It went away because musicians started showing up, and it wasn't band guys. And the people in the crowd didn't even want to see the musicians. They wanted to see the band guys that they went to see, the entertainers get up and do a conglomerate. And it just turned into a fucking audition is what it turned in for other bands to be seen in front of band guys, musicians to be seen in front right. of band guys. Well, you look at, too, you, it, proof of that to me is how many times have you went and played your worst fucking show you're like, oh my God, I screwed up every song. And everybody comes up to you afterwards. Talk about how great you did. <laughs> as long as you had fun with it, that's what they, they they're not, yeah. they don't care about you hitting every single note. People listen But you only notes. get better when you don't listen to their advice. That's right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> don't believe your press. Don't believe that part. Of that's it. true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just, you know, I mean, the days of Cam calling me up going, man, can, can we come over to your house? We've got this new bass player coming over. Can we come over That's to your house? That's where we tried everybody out. In oh, his work house. them in. At his, his house. Those, I don't get those calls. Yeah. But think about this. It's good because you'd say no now. The, the, advantage, <laughs> the advantage that is out there now, and the three of us and y'all two, probably all of us, understand the importance of social media and we know how to work it. But think about this. In 1977, for us to promote a show, we had to buy a $15 bag of weed, get in the, get in the Gremlin. This is all true. Get in the Gremlin, go ride around Southside, and physically staple, put up yeah. staple on all the flyers. Took us all day, at least all day. <laughs> now it takes this long to reach the entire world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Done. If I had that knowledge and those opportunities when I was that 20 years old then, about 20 years old now, and, and know what I know now, it could use that then, huge. Unstoppable. But they don't, you know, they don't, they don't understand. And I think it, it breaks down to the fact that their camaraderie. And if I always want to be in summer camp until I die. Right. And that's where we are. That's if right. you're in a band, it's summer camp or in in the entertainment business, not sure. excluding. 
That camaraderie, I think, still exists in stand-up comedy. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not just, it's entertainment. It's, you know, I mean, it's it's the, the can't wait to get, you can't wait to go out on the road, but you sure can't wait to get back. So all that time in in between is where you build the relationships and you build the ideas and you build your show and you repair the equipment and you call the agent and you do that's when you work the hardest right in between there because everybody has input those days don't exist except for bands that are entertainers or people that care enough to make them exist as we sit here in this place and i'm starting to become redundant but it's it's a lot of 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 want care and work and this is coming from the guy first First band to ever play La Vila. I don't know if y'all remember people watching or listening remember the club La Vila. You better. There better be people that remember La Vila. We're we're the first band that ever played. First band. First band that ever played the big room at the supper club. The day they finished, they didn't have power. They served supper by the (laughs) week. Didn't they? They served supper. They actually literally served spaghetti. It was on a campfire out back. Yeah. That was so good. The wagons would come once a week. <laughs> they were the first band hey. to play the Club La Vila. Yeah, for sure. that's incredible. Did. Was it called the Supper Club or the Last Supper? Yeah, exactly. That was yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know those kind of things like that. La Vila and Spinnaker are gone. Kid Rock bought Spinnaker. I heard. Wow, is that yeah. right? That's what I heard. That would be nice. That would be nice. What I heard. But it's demolished. Hey. So what did he do? Just buy it to demolish it? I think uh, well, the building's still there. It's just yeah, Lavila's bastion. From what I was told from people in the know down there, that the the clubs when this other hurricane came in, yeah. it structurally messed it up so bad that they would not allow them to open it without rebuilding it. Oh, so he yeah. may have bought it, and maybe he's got plans, which yeah. would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Give us a Lavila story. Ooh, Lavila or a Spinnaker, either one. Spinnaker, um, God. You know, we played, they didn't have that stage. They You played around a little bitty um, stage in the back. And Frankie Golden, you remember Frankie Golden, play yeah. one, drink one? Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember, I've heard Best that. Best thing I've ever seen in a club. He had a tip jar, and he just played piano, and he was, he's the guy that came up with, um, tell me, Hank, why do you drink to get late? Oh, all he, that, he, he's the guy that wow. started all that wow. stuff. All right, so... He had this, this is the best thing I've ever seen in any bar. He had a tip jar. And he said, now, if you can ring my tip jar, you get all the money that's in there. So everybody would throw their money. <laughs> he had a fan back here. <laughs> yeah. That's really so good. But Spinnaker, you know, we played with America, Stray Cats, Guess Who, Cheap Trick, all these bands we played with them. Wow! At Spinnaker right by the pool. That's yeah. where the, I asked Brian Setzer. I said, "Man, that's a cool hat. Can I get one of those? How much are they?" He said, "I'll be right back." Gave me a whole fucking box of them. I'm like, I don't have that many friends. And you were there. <laughs> you were there the night they got raided one night. Oh, we were playing at Spinnaker when La Vila got raided. In the daytime. Oh, that's why you said it was going to be a huge night. That, right. So yeah. we're. Oh, I was like, if the doors are shut. We're about to do a sound check. Rody's already set up. And um, I'm walking up and I look at, over at La Vila and there's a stream of damn black SUVs and cars coming in. I'm like, what the hell? And they pull right up to Spinnaker and all these guys jump out. FBI, 
actually was the Internal Revenue Service with weapons, and they Holy they shit. nailed they nailed a notice of closure mm. and padlocked with their own chains and locks and locked that place up. That's when I looked at the roadies and said. Tonight we're gonna kill it. Yeah. <laughs> you that know. was our competition. You know, tonight <laughs> we're gonna kill it. Well, let me ask you this: He was talking about now there musician place. Value. Oh my gosh, what memories those that were the is. days. Yeah, right? man, man, wet t-shirt. Right now, out. right now, we yeah. need this again. <laughs> yeah, believe me. Um, you know, Terry was saying earlier, musician now plays on social media, puts an Instagram reel up, gets a million views, and goes, "Well, I made it, guys." And that's not the case. But I want to go back to tell you, Rod, you're making good money. You're you're having fun. You go, this is a thing I can do for a while. But when was like a moment for you when you're like, boy, we have, we made it as tell you, Rod. Was there a, you heard it on the radio? Was there well, a show? There what was se- several different times. The first time, you know, we had a hit on the radio, Birmingham the Night, which is still, they do play yeah, it every sure. 4th of July when they do the, so that was a hit on the radio. And that was kind of like, and our first record was produced by Johnny Sandlin, Almond yeah. Brothers, who, yeah. and we were, that that's who, we were country rock band. And he had produced Ramblin' Man and all this. We thought, man, this is, and we started selling a bunch of records but the one that really felt like we it, the hard work had paid off is when Miller Beer called us up. And they had a thing called the Miller Rock Network, which doesn't exist anymore. But back then, man, it was the if you got on that, they did all your advanced press. I mean, you'd show up posters and newspaper people were calling you. You know, the local brewery knew you were going to be there, so it's giveaway time. I mean, it was just built in huge crowd every night because of their their efforts sure. which was farmed out to listen a, up buzz balls listen up yeah. buzz balls listen <laughs> up buzz balls what did you say yeah so Damn. you know that and there was 12 bands and the first year that we did it they flew all the bands to Milwaukee but i remember we got second place um of all the bands in the country for the job that we had done cuz we would promote it you know really big it's free beer <laughs> You know, I mean, but that was kind of like, all right, man, we, you know, this is pretty good. You know, can I jump in on another Rick Carter story first? (laughs) I'm going to jump on another. Yeah. And you may have forgotten this. Um, We were also on the Miller Network. And we were, we were the only band ever from the state of Kentucky on the Miller Network. And we were the last band on the network when they got rid of you it. You closed them down like you do we bars. Shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> and you wonder why it doesn't and, exist anymore. And the reason why, the, and, and what put us over the top of being selected was Rick Carter's endorsement. Because oh, really? we've been there, dumbass. Yeah. And and they, because they do, they, I mean, it was awesome. They had posters and yeah. chicks and it was awesome. Ba- I mean, endorsements was sure and uh, Ludwig, I mean, we had a ton of yeah. endorsements. Uh, Gibson, yeah. I mean, we got a, a a Thunderbird out of the deal, and it was because of you when they reached out and said, "Hey, what's with this band?" And Rick Carter said, "You got to do them," and we we were selected to be because on you the, would the with popular bands. You, I mean, of course, but you know, here's a, a side story on that. We were sponsored by Hammer Guitars. So they made these obnoxious guitars that were looked like the Miller label. You didn't want to play them? And we had to play them at least one song. song. So we would do Bad to the Bone with the Miller bottles. (laughs) So 
I, none of the, when we stopped touring, all the guys were like, well, you keep all that shit. You're kind of like the archivist. I said, okay. So I still have those hanging in my studio. Oh, that's awesome. So the Miller guitar, you, the guitar players will dig this. So I read the story of the Miller guitar. The guy that was put in charge of making that was like, oh, shit. But he loved Peter Green from Fleetwood Mac. Oh, incredible. So he wired these pickups just like Peter Green's pickups wow. and his favorite guitars, Les Paul. He wired those. Now they sell for tons of money, wow. like five or six grand for this That's little crazy. cheap. Who would have known? And he got to meet Peter Green and gave him one of those guitars. So it became a cult. Yeah, that's really good. How many, how many were made? Or how many did that? There's only get? like 150 of them ever wow. made. Yeah. And do you, oh, guitar you and one of those? guitar and bass. I still have the guitar and the bass. Are you, you looking, ever, wow. and on the little, are you looking um, to sell it? The, um, <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the um, trust rod cover says T ride on it. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Man. Maybe that you could get cool. one one day and run over it. <laughs> yeah, we can. X five needs one hanging in here. Yeah. X five needs a collector. I was going to say Charlie will buy yeah. that. Charlie will buy that. Charlie, will, Charlie would love that. One, one more story because we got to. I want to make sure we plug the show as well. This is incredible because I just want to be selfish and ask about it. Last time I got this, the privilege. Look at that. That's it. Yeah. By the way, it looks awesome. By the way, I, it probably plays like shit, like you said. But as a no, fan looking at it, you're like, that looks badass. Yeah. Um. I want to ask you, because I had the privilege last time I got to see you play, uh, you opened for ZZ Top mm -hmm. down in Tuscaloosa, right? and it was a special night. It was their first show uh, after, after they had a death, and everybody thought they were going to cancel, and then I got to see you, and you opened up for them. I, I would just like to hear your perspective of that night. That is a huge moment in music history. Well, me. we played, tell you right, open for them um, back at the amphitheater, Oak Mountain Amphitheater back in the 90s. And I got a call, and this is before um, Dusty, the bass player, had passed. About two weeks, you know, a lot of times they won't let you know if you have if they need an opener to the last minute. Mm -hmm. So he called me, um, Rafino called me up and said, you want to do this? And he said, but, I, but we can't do a band. So Johnny that plays guitar with me, who's a, just a monster, He's we killer. did it as a duo. Yep. Think about good. being entertainers. You walk out in front of any ZZ Top crowd, and it's a duo. So it was like, <laughs> we can do this. So I said, yeah, we'll do it. So then the bass player dies. Mm. Then the gig's off. Then the next day, gig's on. Fam's got to eat. Got a new bass player. I'm like, okay. Pays the same, right? You know, <laughs> 30 minutes good. sorry about the bass player uh, yeah <laughs> you know pecking order yeah. so, can we can we eat their buffet yeah. um, so we pull up to the show and um i see this little ratty roadie dude you know you know roadies they're they're ratty and this guy was just pencil thin he's got just big giant beard you know he looks like shit and I, go, I told Johnny, I said, man, that dude's been doing this a while, you know. Mm -hmm. He was the bass player. <laughs> <laughs> we, they come on, and I go, <laughs> but he was the he was Dusty Hill's bass, bass, bass um, tech, roadie, tech. bass Elroy, tech, I believe. for yeah. 23 years. Wow, that's so cool. he knew, he knew all the licks. And is he the permanent <laughs> replacement? Is he still? Yeah. 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 He's, he's the, the guy. guy. He fits yeah. the bill well, too. Him? 
Oh, El- right. They call him it. What is his name? Elroy, Elroy I believe. Right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. But, but just a, it was a it was a surreal moment. Like just going, oh, like you said, they were like, we don't know if we're playing. Yeah. We had tickets, and then it was like they're playing, so let's go. This is a historic night. You know, they they've just lost Dusty. And then Rick Carter's open, and I'm like, this is the damn magic. It's It goes back to what you're saying. Live music, it's going to church. It's a religious experience. Yeah. It is something you cannot match. Everybody in that house that night will go, we saw ZZ Top, Rick Carter, the night after, you know, it was. Yeah. I think it was a night or two. It was, it was really recent, but it was our first show for sure. But thinking, how are they going to pull this off? How are they going to do this? And then... Yeah, it was just a fun night. I mean, no, yeah. it, I know it was somber for them probably starting and going, this is kind of weird, we're going out on stage. But it was just a night that everyone in that amphitheater will absolutely never forget. When you said about the stage, this is I'm going to sum up my whole thought about this. The stage is a sacred place. Yep. It should always be tre- treated as a sacred place. Don't get on it. Don't The bass player shouldn't be playing, right? And everybody walks up and start, leave it plane let there be it's a show this is what sums it up when we got ready to play the road manager the smoke's coming up and he looked at me and said gentlemen the stage is yours come on and i just gave me chill bumps hell because yeah that, that, that you saying that just gave it, me it, like, that it right just that little statement right there live to be at that point to where the stage gentlemen the stage sure. is yours and if you treat it like that and you work to that moment, then when it happens, I'm going to take it. I'm ready. Burn, you know, burn that bitch yeah, down. Stuff. We went to church today, brother. <laughs> this was Cassio, a religious experience. For yes. David Bertrude. That's your new name, by the way. Bertrude. got so many. who hasn't said anything. Soaking it all up over The one thing you cannot bootleg is a live show. Yep. yep. Yeah. You can bootleg a T-shirt. You can bootleg audio. You can bootleg video. You cannot bootleg a live show. That is the future of our business. Is what you just said. Going there and being in that moment to see ZZ Top and Rick Carter and have that experience because that can't be bootlegged. Incredible. Yeah. And never it, matched. It, it, it's being there. You know, uh, I go back to what we did on Friday. And we have big plans for Will. Imagine being at Luke Combs' first show. Yeah. You know, yeah. being the, the saw that for the first time. And it's just you can't you can't explain that. You can't bottle it. You can't you have to be there and experience it. And well, um, they can experience it. We got it up July eighth, seven to ten, like you said, all day long. Oak Mountain State Park is open. It's beautiful. May I suggest camping? You can camp yeah. the whole yeah. weekend. Yeah, it's great. Man. Go camping. Awesome. Um, July 8th, music starting at 7. Uh, you've got Telluride, and as many original members as you can get are playing, There's right? There's four of the five originals from 77. Yeah. That's, That's incredible. Amazing. That's wow. amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, Velcro Pygmies then going on stage. Family friendly is the key here. Bring and everybody. I just got word, literally just now, that we're going to put Will on stage again. Very yeah. nice. So yes. Gonna, yeah. So we're going to have Will on stage again. So we got so. a packed house. Yeah. Tickets are now 25. Thanks to the man, the myth, the legend, Charlie Reese, and everybody here at the X5 Podcast. Go to eventbrite.com. You're going to get $25 tickets. And if you use the promo code X5, the letter X, the number five, it's real easy. You're going to get buy one, get one free 
All thanks to everyone here at the X5 Podcast. That's how much we appreciate you here at the X5 Podcast, and we appreciate y'all. Man, Rick, Rick, Rick really, thank you for coming Rick, in. Really, oh, I, not, I am so happy that you were here. Rick uh, Carter, you are a voice that our industry needs. Can we have so Rick definitely. Carter in here seven more times? Because yes. I can talk to him all day. Oh, I know. Every day. We just scratched the surface with yep. Rick's stories. I, I really appreciate you coming in thank and sharing some of your me. wisdom with us. Uh, it's an honor. Yeah, it is. It is. And we're and we're gonna we're gonna have some buzz balls there at Oak Mountain too. Let's do it. Chalky milk, baby. Cassie will be out there throwing them out. <laughs> Who don't love chalky milk and alcohol, brother? Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> put that in. You put that in your Cheerios. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever. It's good for breakfast. You order a twelve pack of these, it comes with a free diabetic sock. <laughs> <laughs> just one you gotta order a 24 pack to get the pair <laughs> rick man, carter. it's been great man thank rick you. carter thank you. Thank, you. thank you for tuning in make sure you like uh, uh, uh and subscribe to the channel uh it do us a favor seriously take one of your favorite episodes that you've watched and share it with a friend and try and get them on board to watch it do I'll this put- in the comment section if you're watching this on youtube comment section give us your best your favorite tell your ride song that's what i want to know Ooh, I like it's standalone by the idea. way it's standalone maybe we need to uh maybe we need to have commemorative uh shirts made for the Ooh. for the july 8th show have you ever played a bill together a, no this is our first time is it really yes we've never played together we've done back to back like sure. when the supper club closed down we did that. Well, we did that weekend. We've done rolling the hay and the pygmies. Yes, but we've yeah. never done tell you ride. No, we've never done no. this bill. Ever. Incredible! So this is a historic moment. Yeah. Incredible! Tell your ride and bail your ride. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 well, y'all make sure you tune in next week. We appreciate y'all tuning in. We'll see y'all. See ya. Peace out. You get away with